Perhaps the best way to describe legs was given by one Carl Sefakis, who wrote in his The Mafia Encyclopedia that nobody liked legs. The police hated him, Dutch Schultz hated him, and so did a varied group of mobsters, including Oni Madden, Vince Cole, Meyer Lansky, Waxy Gordon, Louis Lepke, Guri Shapiro, and Lucky Luciano, just to name a few. That is a lot of people to hate. But legs just was so hard to kill. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. It's old timey crimey, and we're happy this week. We are. <laughs> we're not. We're not completely damaged. At least not in this moment. Just slightly damaged. The scars run deep, but they're starting <laughs> to scab over. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Good it is. Feeling. It is. No more. No more of him who shall not be named. Yeah, except I still have to listen to next week's episode, do the episode art, post it, and put a description and sources in. So I still have a little bit to do there, but but then after that, after I'm done. That and if I want done. to, since the episode's already, I can just get that over with and schedule it. So maybe I'll do that so that I can just be done and, and not be still lingering in the he who shall not be named zone. Yes. So, so yeah, how's your week going? It was, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. It was, uh, I had a funny thing happen right after the recording of our last show. Oh boy. We were, we were talking about, oh, you know, being pulled over, this, that. Not five minutes after I left here, I was pulled over. Oh my God. And the cop goes, the cop was like this, he, he looked like a homeless guy who just recently became a cop. He was, wasn't clean shaven. He was scruffy. He goes, you know why I pulled you over? No officer. Because where are you coming from? I thought he was going to tell me why he pulled me over. I said, well, I'm coming from my friend's Christie's place. We were recording a podcast. He goes, okay, I don't need to know your life story. (laughs) (laughs) You asked. Yes, yes. And and then he goes, "Uh, you've been pulled over recently? And I said, no, no, I haven't, which was the truth. And he goes, says here you were pulled over in this township. And I said, yeah, that was like a year and a half, two years ago. I you know, didn't even own the same car. He goes, it's recent to me. Oh, my God, this <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. I do I do a podcast about recent crimes pre-1950. <laughs> That's what we're calling recent. <laughs> well, how about you, bud? What's been new with you? Um, The husband was away for a couple days, so I, I binged on uh, true crime podcasts, of course. Of course. And so I listened to In the Dark. Which never is, heard of it. Oh my god, it was so good. It's about the the Jacob Wetterling case, the boy who was abducted uh, from Minnesota in the eighties. And oh my god, I mean, I highly recommend this podcast. But if you take blood pressure medication, take it before you listen, because your blood pressure will just skyrocket at the the way that the cops treated this case. And some of the it's just it was astonishing to me to. And kind of scary, you know, to be honest, because, you know, something happens to you, you kind of rely on them to get to the bottom of it and, and punish who's responsible or at least get the wheels going. And no, it's just absolutely, it's, it's really, really very, very well done. Um, it's, I'd say one of the, the best uh, investigative podcasts I've listened to since Bearbrook. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really well done. And Bearbrook was intense. It was really intense. And this one, like I binged this one, like I binged that one. So, so yeah, highly recommend that. But, yeah, it's just been, I'm, I'm looking forward. He, he gets home tonight, so I'm looking forward to, to welcoming Aww. him home. So, 
I'm going to give a big hug and a big sloppy kiss whenever he walks through the door. I'm like, okay, now you can go snog Christy. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, actually... There's a tiny bit of snogging to be discussed it, 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 here at the very end. Quite a bit of snogging. Yeah, some inappropriate snogging. Uh, this week, we are doing Legs Diamond. I love the name! I know! The, all these gangster names and the, like the, the names of the gangs themselves, Like I gathered them unto me like precious treasure. Because I was like, these are fantastic and they're so gangster See, I came across a great discovery... All you need is is a body part that comes in pairs, mm-hmm. and then the name of a jewel. And you just put the two together, and all of a sudden you've got a great gangster name. It doesn't matter. does not matter. Try it. Kidney Sapphire. See? See? Kidney Sapphire. I like it. Yeah. Kidney yeah. Sapphire. That sounds like a female gangster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Look at that, that lady over there. That's Kidney Sapphire. <laughs> And her sister, Lungs Tourmaline. <laughs> it works every single time. Every single... Look at that. That guy, Eyes Ruby. <laughs> every time. Please, post, you know, post your favorite you know, dual body part and and gemstone combination in a review on, on iTunes. Yes, yes, absolutely. We would love to hear them because these are these are very fun. Don't take testicles topaz. That's mine. <laughs> That's my gangster name. Yes, we should all have gangster names now yes. after this. Although it is a little it's a little bit glorifying the the violence and the criminalization. But it's honestly it's it's also they made it so cute in yeah. a way with all the names and like the nicknames and the names of the gangs and stuff. So so yeah, um, he was born in 1897 uh, to uh, John and Sarah Moran, who had recently come from Ireland to Philadelphia, so yeah, 18, our, our lovely state. Yeah, 1891, just, uh, just uh, but, six years earlier. Oh, they came six years old earlier. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't have the date that they came, so good. now I learned. Okay. He, uh, he also had uh, a brother, uh, Eddie, who was two years younger than him, and they didn't really... They weren't so great with the scholastic stuff. Not, you know, not really straight A students. And then... Not really the smartest people, either. Not really. Yeah. No, no. Eddie, on the barrel of his gun, said, point this other way. That's... <laughs> you know he learned that from experience. Yes, yeah. yes, he did. And uh, Mama Sarah, she died of a bacterial infection when uh, when legs, well... Jack, John, actually. Possibly, he, he yeah. Possibly born John Moran when he was only around 15 or so, uh, or close to 15. And then he and his dad, John, and Eddie, uh, who had been 13 at the time, they moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. And their dad just kind of left them to their own devices, and they didn't even really always have enough food for the two of them. So... The gang life it is. Legs joins the New York Street Gang. And once again, here it is with the cutesy name. The Hudson Dusters. The Hudson Dusters, eh? And I gathered some names of uh, gangs. This was from an article on Art of Need, which seems to be a blog for um, someone with a... uh, I think it's a book about poverty, but it also invokes... It talks about gang life and everything, so... um, and uh, that is, as far as I could tell, it was kind of hard to, to dig this up. Um, I had to follow a little trail for this particular source. And I'm going to mispronounce the hell out of this. Oh, please do. Eamon Longsai. It's very Irish. Okay. Um, so, so here are some names. 
Of course, we've, we've all heard of the Five Points Gang. And that's not even cutesy. It's, it's sort of, uh, it's almost a little dramatic, like the yeah. Five Points. Clearly, their emblem was a five-pointed star. I mean, Absolutely. obviously. I don't even know if that's true. I just feel it in my heart. The Swamp Angels. Okay. They were river pirates. Oh, I want to be one of, I want to be a Swamp Angel. I know, right? I want to be a Swamp Angel. Are you sure you don't want to be one of the Potashes? Who were named after a nearby potato factory? No, I think I still want to be... I mean, I like french fries and starch, but... Uh, yeah, I think I still want to be a swamp angel. How about the Gas House Gang? Possibly. What did they do? I don't know. The Boodle Gang. Okay, they're cute. They started out robbing butcher carts. Of course. Look at all the steaks we got! <laughs> See? The Atkins, the Atkins diet is going well for us. <laughs> Quick, get, get that potato gang over here. We're going to have ourselves a feast. <laughs> and then this one, I think, is all one gang because there were, there were no commas. And it seemed that, like, it just, it seemed like the way that they wrote this was all one gang. But I, I'm not 100% sure. The marginals and the pearl buttons and the fashion plates. Oh, my God. Calling it. That's, that's my gang. Okay. I'm in that gang. Okay. We're going to have an uneasy alliance between you guys and the Swamp Angels over here. Definitely. I can see that happening. Oh, man. But the names... They're not just, like, kind of segregated to the gangs. The cutesy names go to the gang members. For example, uh, Legs' gang, the Hudson Dusters, they were formed in the 1890s by Circular Jack, Kid York, and Goo Goo Knox. Some other, uh, uh, there was also Honey Stewart, which is just, anytime you call him, Hey, honey. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to know. How yes, you, sweetie. <laughs> how do you come up with the name Circular Jack? Circular Jack. He was maybe very round. I guess, maybe. I don't know. Kid York, I get. Kid York looks young. Goo Goo looks incredibly young. Um, yeah, honey. Was honey a man or a woman? Uh, not specified. See? I'm, I'm guessing man just because the odds are in the, in my favor for that. Fair but enough. But it would be pretty cool if that was a woman. Absolutely. You know, honey? Well, well how do you... He, he likes his honey. I want to be something cool like, oh, he ate a beehive. Because <laughs> he's... Because he's... He's sticky, sticky sweet. Sticky sweet. He's sticky sweet. No, no. I want to see a guy earn the nickname Honey from eating a beehive. Yes, absolutely. That's the only way to do it. He put he took the beehive in his hand like it was an apple and just bit into it. Now, again, from Art of Need, the Hudson Dusters were, quote, known as cocaine-sniffing wild boys who fought with other gangs for dominance. There's which the every gang does. Yeah. So, but yeah, cocaine-sniffing wild boys. I had to use an exact quote for that because I was like, no, that's that's beautiful. I like it. Somebody put that on a t-shirt. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, that could be a, a modern-day gang. But yeah. Cocaine-sniffing wild boys. Cocaine's so tame anymore. It really is. Yeah, it would be a very, very calm gang. In the 80s. It would be like the potashes. Exactly. <laughs> In the 80s. Like, cocaine, cocaine was so popular. Like, Playboy and Penthouse used to have ads for cocaine accessories. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that got put a stop to. But, I mean, with, like, opiates and heroin and stuff, doesn't cocaine seem just a little innocent anymore? It really does. Like, yeah. people just get really hyper and talk a lot. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the harm? No, I mean, not that I'm pro-drugs or anything. She I, just wiped her nose! <laughs> made me itchy. Um, so, Legs, uh, it's, it's undetermined how he got the name Legs. From, you know, Jack or John, whichever. Mm -hmm. And frequently, if you have a John, you might call him Jack. Especially if his dad's name's John. Actually, I, I have here that he uh, he got the name Legs from how quickly he tended to run from trouble. Or 
Or from how good of a dancer he was. Ooh. Yeah, it could really tear up those dance floors. And oh, look at the legs on him, eh? See, hey. see. I'm doing. Hey. A. Why am I doing a? I'm a Canadian gangster. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're close. Yeah, we're not too far. Yeah. So, his first arrest was in February of 1914. Um, just a year after moving to Brooklyn. And he got picked up for being part of a jewelry store robbery. That's brash. Which, maybe that's how the diamond came in, you know? Because it, it always explains the legs, but diamond wasn't his, his original last name. His original last name was Moran. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then uh, he, he actually got drafted into the U.S. Army for World War One. Deserted after less than a year. Yeah, 1918 or 19. Records are a little bit foggy. And he was convicted and jailed for desertion. Yeah, he was sent to Leavenworth. Yeah, which, kind of lucky, because they still killed people back in those (laughs) days for deserting. And he only got a three to five year sentence, so... And did he learn his lesson about doing things that are against the law? No, no. No, no. he did not. Would we be here? No, we would not. Yeah. No, we'd be talking about um, arms tourmaline. Yes. <laughs> the way he danced. He was, that's why they call him arms. He danced on his hands. Yeah. Did a lot of like uh, break dancing and exactly. you know, all that like, stuff on like the... <laughs> good old 1920s break dancing. Yes. An art form we all know and love. So, yeah, he got out. And then it seems like he and Eddie kind of made their own gang after this. And they got real big I'm going to make my own gang. I'm going to Blackjack and hookers. I guess, yes, you could. Uh, It's completely, (laughs) completely plausible and right in character. Yeah, probably was basically that. Plus bootlegging. Yeah. Yeah, so bootlegging and then acting as security. Because he got it started to be known for just how tough they were and how like good they were at defending their property and their territory he would smuggle whiskey down from canada and and then also going a little bit in another direction to the cat skills he would go for beer and hard cider so he was just getting the whole liquor store just had to go pretty far to actually get it and i would like to mention that we have been told we don't have any real documentation on this it's just family lore but one of Jackson's um, ancestors was a bootlegger during the during Prohibition. Wow. So so yeah, that was pretty cool to find out. Did a lot of the like like we found I found out that's how racing got started, really. Yes, yes. Because was... they would have to like really like rig up their cars good to be able to get away from the cops. So like that kind of became a thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, uh, from what I've been told, a lot of times like they would even like. If if uh, a batch of moonshine went bad, they would even use it as high burning fuel. Oh wow! I in mean, their cars. Why not? You know, yeah. like resources. There was a man named Arnold. And I saw a couple different nicknames for him. The one I liked, so I went with it, was Big Bankroll. Arnold Big Bankroll Rothstein. See, I heard the one. The one that I liked was Arnold the Brain Rothstein. Ah, oh, yes, I like them. They're both good. Big Bankroll really feels like it's super gangster, though. Even though he kind of wasn't. He was more of like a drug kingpin than a gangster. Yeah. He didn't really do the the too much of the down and dirty work himself. He was the kingpin of the of the uh, New York City Jewish mob, and he was mentor of Lucky Luciano. Mm-hmm. That's a name. That's that's a name. That's a big name. Mm-hmm. And so he basically caught on to legs and his brother's gang and instead of you know thinking oh i need to edge them out or i need to protect myself from them he he saw a a potential resource and so he was like 
come be my security, you know, like be my protection. So he, he will brought them on. Will you keep me safe at night, please? <laughs> will, you, will, you, will you scare the monsters away? Mm-hmm. Legs, I want you to look in the closet. I think Lucky Luciano's <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> I'll get the monster spray. The, the mon- It'll be okay. The monster spray's a fucking Tommy gun. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. You just hear the thud, like the... The ever-expanding pool of blood coming out. I got him. It's okay. You can go to sleep now. The monster's gone. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. So speaking of getting shot, Legs' first first time getting shot was in 1925. Yep. This guy was hard to kill. He was he was really tough to kill. It's amazing that somebody was who was so disliked... You know, it's not amazing that he would have so many attempts on his life. It's just amazing that he would survive so many of them. Yeah, he, he was incredibly disliked, but at the same time he was a dichotomy because he was disliked and incredibly well-liked. The public loved Legs. Oh my gosh, they absolutely did. He was not just a minor celebrity. He was a celebrity. This is from, uh, I found this in an article on Aussie. They're, they're quoting Scott Bernstein, author of Motor City Mafia, which sounds like we should read. Mm-hmm. He was flamboyant and chronicled heavily in the New York press. In a lot of ways, he was the Al Capone of the East Coast, at least when it came to media coverage. And in 103 times, he was in the New York Times, and that was just in 1931. 19 of those were on the front page. And that's from Berfois. Wow. <laughs> I think I'm pronouncing that wrong somehow. To make the front page here in Johnstown... You either have to kill or be killed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even that like exciting front page wise, you know, mm. it's, it's reading the paper is pretty boring, but still you, you can't really do much to get on it. So See, I grew up in Salisbury. So the nearest newspaper was the new Republican Myersdale. And it was hilarious the way they'd report the news. Whereas like ABC or the New York Times, earthquake hit Sweden or something like that. It was like, you know, oh, the Johnsons canceled their Oslo vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for uh, a newspaper in my hometown, and uh, we've had incidences of a squirrel chewing on a power line and busting a transformer get into the that got no. into the police blotter, uh, not the not the front page. Oh. But uh, I mean, we had there was a front page article. I'm not I'm not even kidding you. A cow got stuck in the river. A cow got. We heard it come over the scanner, and it was like, who's going to go after the cow? <laughs> no. No, so a squirrel chewing a transformer. Mm-hmm. No, that got in the police blotter, which is on the like, the second or third page. Okay, and then but the I think the cow in the river made the first front page. I don't know. That might have been the day that it was like after a holiday, and it became the Christy Baxter edition of the paper because I was one of two people working, and somehow all my stories and photos got on the front page, and so it's all photo by Christy Baxter article by Christy Baxter photo by Christy Baxter. She article. does it all, damn it! <laughs> Man, this is a one woman paper. <laughs> So, so yeah, um, and he would just, he, he always had a bunch of cash on him, and he would just walk around with, you know, to the adoring crowds, just, you know, pick off a bill, hand it to someone, pick off a bill, hand it to someone else, like, just handing out money like it's water. Damn. Yeah, this guy was, he was really, really something. See, that was, that was a thing where a lot of criminals at the time, they gave back to the community... They were well-loved because they gave back to the community. Uh, for example, like, like Pretty Boy Floyd and Bonnie and Clyde, it was not uncommon for them to, whenever they robbed their banks, mm-hmm. 
they would get all the promissory notes, all the liens and all the home loans and stuff and burn them. Nice. Meaning, you know, people, people would just like all of a sudden own their home, clear and free. And uh, you know what? Now that there's hackers, I think like Anonymous needs to get in on this and start doing stuff with people's credit card debt. I feel like Chuck Palahniuk was already onto this many years ago with Fight Fight Club. Club. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. You know, basically like blowing up the the credit card data centers. I don't think you need to blow them. No, I don't think. Yeah, I think I think they can be less destructive. I'm not. I'm not advocating for any of this. Absolutely not. I am. (laughs) So, and he was also quite the womanizer. Well, wouldn't you be? I mean, in his place, yeah, I guess. He married Alice Schiffner in 1926, and then around a year later or so, you know, like, I guess the the bloom wears off the rose, the honeymoon period is over, so you pick up a showgirl. And so Miriam Kiki Roberts, uh, I love, she's Kiki for the rest of this. She's Kiki. I love it. I kind of want to be Kiki. I feel like I could be because my name is so close to Kirsten, which is where Kiki usually comes from. I I don't know how Marion got it, but but yeah, but nobody's ever called me Kiki. I think of, I think of porn star Kiki Dare. Of course you do. (laughs) Which, by the way, Kiki, if you're listening, call me. (laughs) Real fan of your work. So she was, uh, she was a dancer. She was a Ziegfeld Follies girl, actually. Ooh. Yeah. So, and she actually won the Ziegfeld Follies contract pretty early in her life. Uh, and she wasn't able, old enough to actually be one. So she had to wait a couple years before she was old enough to actually sign the contract and really become a Ziegfeld Follies girl. But she was so, you know, she was good enough that they were like, okay, we'll wait. And a couple years later, when she was old enough, they were like, all right, here, come on. Child labor, not a big thing. They had, uh, the Ziegfeld Follies had a little baby drummer. It was only about three or four years old at the time. Called Traps the the Drum Wonder. Oh my gosh! And this little baby would play the drums and play them very very well. He grew up to be famous drummer, what a lot of people consider to be the world's best drummer, Buddy Rich. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So wow. then he was Traps the Drum Wonder in uh in the Siegfried Follies. Siegfeld. Siegfried. Yeah. Siegfried. 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 You've you've already you already did it earlier. Four oh eight. You are you already did it earlier. Oh god, we'll just leave it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it in. Siegfried. I don't know why I call it Siegfried. Siegfried follies. Siegfried. I, I'll learn better next time, listener. I'm sorry. He's really sorry. Not. <laughs> so. Yeah, they started up around 1927, and he really rose up in the crime world. He he had a, a speakeasy called the Hotsy Totsy Club. Yes! I love it so much. Second best name for a club ever. Ever. We should start a bar and call it the Hotsy Totsy Club. Mm, What's the first best name? I want to start a cross-dressers bar, like a tranny bar, and call it the Hidden Pickle. I don't know if you can call it tranny anymore. Really? (laughs) Gypsy's gone? Tranny's gone? But I'm friends with a really good tranny. But she calls herself a tranny. Maybe maybe it's an old fashioned. Aww. Well, because transsexual is now trans, and crossdressers are not necessarily transsexuals. Transsexuals are not necessarily crossdressers. I think it's two different, very different, not very I different, am, but two different, dis- distinct worlds. I am not meant for this world. I have mm. no ill will or hate towards the trans, the LGBT community. I have no hate for them at all. Just. Let me let me say tranny, please. <laughs> no, we will not allow it. Oh. I'm not even I'm not even trans, and I. But I just I just think the accepted term is trans, and and they they probably I don't know for sure. I don't actually know any trans people um, that I'm aware of. But uh, I, I'm guessing that because cross dressing has such a, you know, it it seems to be 
like an, uh, an over the top expression of femininity, uh, and which is beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, when, when, when it, when it's well done, it, it's so great to see that and see all the work that goes into it. Oh, yeah. I because just, it is hard being no, a woman. Let me tell you. I agree. I used to go into a club in Minneapolis when I ever lived out there called the Gay 90s. And they had... Such a great a, name. Absolutely. They had an amazing, and this is what they called it, cross-dressing show. Cross-dressing is fine. Cross-dressing is fine. I'm pretty sure cross-dressing, they, they still call them cross-dressing shows, but so, it's not the same as being transsexual. Okay. All the time, I think. I think they're they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but it's not the same thing. Jesus, I'm I'm gonna need a chart, Chris. I don't even know this all for sure. <laughs> I'm still learning everything myself. Wow. So, so yeah. Um, but Christy knows me. She's going to tell you I am extremely supportive of I, our LGBT friends. I, I I vouch for him completely, and then they would all vouch too. We vouch. We vouch for Scott. Yay! So I had to. I was really curious because you know he had a speakeasy, and I was like, how. How did the term speakeasy come about? What does it mean? So That's a good question. To Edmund Law and I went. My guess. May I take a guess? Yeah, go ahead. It's because if you're going to talk about it, it's like the rule of Fight Club. You don't talk about so. Hey, you want to go oh, see speak, this speak, bar yeah. over there? So you there's some, there's some alcohol. Over that's there. right. You <laughs> have to speak easy about it. Don't be flamboyant with your speech. You are absolutely right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm celebrating. That's not really anything to celebrate, but yay! Break out the legal booze. Yeah, it really... Prohibition was when it became a widely used term, but it was actually the original in Irish and British dialect in the early 19th century. Uh, a speak softly shop was a smuggler's den. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that interesting that it's sort of... You know, like transcended cultures or maybe like came over the Atlantic with, with some people who, you know, like a hundred years later that speakeasies start popping up and they're like, what should we call this? Oh, my grandpa told me these stories about smugglers dance. They called him speak softly. Let's call it a speakeasy because he got a speakeasy. Yeah, I, I don't like know. that. That's a very like condensed version of what may have happened. But so then 1927, he's shot again. Boom. Boom. Uh, the assassination of Augie Organ. He wasn't even supposed to be at work that day. <laughs> no, he really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, his brother Eddie was supposed to be uh, doing the job, and uh, instead, Legs was there, and he got shot just below the heart. Yeah, three men approached and just started shooting. Organ, I don't know, little Augie? I unfortunately killed, fortunately killed, probably fortunately. Probably I, fortunately. Yeah. He was a gangster. I mean, we're making these all cutesy, but they really did kill people, as we're going to find out when he killed some men in his in his nightclub, the Hotsi Totsi Club, in 1929. Yeah. But Legs is taken to the Bellevue Hospital, where he eventually recovers. Mm -hmm. But... He refuses to ID any of the shooters. Won't just, say a word. Just sitting there, I ain't gonna talk to you, cover. <laughs> See? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, this actually almost gets Legs in deep trouble mm. with the cops. He, since he refuses to ID any of the shooters, the cops suspect Legs is an accomplice. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. but It's they, not a huge leap. Yeah, they charge him. The charges are later dropped. It's kind of theorized that the hitmen were hired by Louis Buckalter. He was a mobster who was the head of a mafia hit squad called Murder, Inc. I'm not making this up. Uh, and also, they might have been hired by Gurra Shapiro, who was the actual person that established Murder, Inc. 
they were trying to move in on Oregon's garment district uh, labor rackets. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, whenever he's going like, I ain't telling you nothing. Well, the only reason you ain't going to say anything is because whoever shot you, you know, they're going to they're gonna finger you as saying you were part of it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, nothing stuck. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that he was part of it. I don't believe... Being that. shot twice just below the heart, that's that's committing to a role. Yeah, that's 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 over committing. That's like uh it's the actor who goes super method. Daniel Day Lewis levels of method. I don't think even Daniel Day Lewis would let somebody shoot him yeah. in the heart twice. Okay, that's 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 higher on this on the method scale than yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> on the I, Daniel Day Lewis scale. And uh, one out of 10 Daniel Day Lewis's, <laughs> that's around a 15. Yeah. So yeah, 1929 comes around. There's some men that get in a big uh, dust up at the Hatsi Tatsi. And so he kills them. And of course, the, the, the cops are sniffing around and they're trying to get to the bottom of this and everything. So when you're a cop and you're trying to get the bottom of something, who do you start to ask questions to? I don't know. I'm not a cop, so I, I couldn't be able to tell you. People who saw it, witnesses. Yeah. You would... I, I think as much as the public loved legs, people would keep their mouths shut. Well, um, you know... They also kept their mouths shut because they were intimidated or killed. Oh. <laughs> so. Like the like the witnesses to the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. We know how you feel about that. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm fairly certain George Bush Sr. was the one who pulled the trigger, and then he was promoted to head of the CIA for doing such a great job, and later on established the presidency. Which we're going to see a fairly similar, but then cut short career tra- trajectory soon. Yes. So, yeah, and he was actually, he, he and Lucky, Lucky Luciano were friends for a bit. Uh, Lucky was part of his gang for a while, but it really went south. Um, at one point, the cops were, they were looking for legs. Well, they found Luciano, and since they couldn't find legs, and I don't know if Luciano was talking or not, but no matter what, they beat him nearly to death. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so he was, he was... He was had had it up to here, and uh, See, whenever you say legs was friends with Lucky, yeah, it makes me like picture like Lucky Luciano in the house, like friends in like the the broadest sense of the term, like like I just picture like legs coming over and knocking on the door, and like Lucky Luciano looking at his mistress or wife or whoever happens to be there, going, "Don't don't turn on the lights, yeah. Lucky, like- you there, <laughs> Lucky, don't don't." His legs. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see him today. He'll go away. He'll go away <laughs> soon. Thirty minutes later, Lucky. <laughs> Lucky, I need to tell you something. Oh, I can't believe he came back. Jesus yes. Christ, what do I do? Turn I have to do to get rid of this guy. On. Oh God. I, I, oh Jesus. Jesus. The TV's on. Oh God. Damn it. Oh. Oh. I think the blinds are open a little bit. Son of Shit. a bitch. Son of a bitch. Oh, I'm just gonna shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just beat myself out to death. <laughs> So, yeah, their, their friendship did last a little bit longer. I believe that Luciano went with them to, uh, to Europe in the summer of 1930 when he was going to try to do a big drug deal because narcotics were starting to be the big thing for gangsters at this point in time. And, and Legs was really, he was, he was on the forefront of this. He was on the cutting edge. He was, he was using... on the, the whatever, the, the, the razor blade that you use to divide the cocaine. Razor blades. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. on the razor blade. There we go. The coke <laughs> I, blade. I thought it would have a fun name, like Coke Pinky. <laughs> I, I, I don't do cocaine. Maybe Me it either. does. That's why I don't know the names. <laughs> but, I mean, he was doing some next level shit. Did you read how he smuggled booze in? Yes, yes. That was so cool. Mm. What he would do, he would have, like, the booze only half fill these wooden barrels. They would get about maybe five miles off the coast, 
and then just push their entire stock of booze overboard. The current would then carry them in, and he would pay kids a couple dollars to, for every barrel they brought back to him. That's some next-level thinking. Yeah, that's really getting around the cops. And, and, and you're, you're definitely risking your supply. Yeah. You know, if, they, if the waves are choppy, if there's some rocks you don't know about, you got to have some smooth sailing for that to work because those barrels, I'm sure, could, could just shatter pretty easily. But I'm sure they lost some supply in the process, but they'd have lost more if they'd have just tried, you know, going you know, straight in on the, uh, to the docks. Because yeah. I'm sure they, they were patrolling the docks. They knew, you know, the cops knew. Each Even, kid got a shiny the nickel. I knew it. You know, yeah. Hoover was was after the uh, the the smugglers and and the um, the speakeasies and all that. So the gangsters. Yeah. Nope, gangsters. Each kid got a shiny nickel for each barrel of booze that <laughs> oh brought my gosh. legs back. That's so cute. Here's, a, here's your barrel, Mister Diamond. That's a good kid. Come here, let me dance for you. <laughs> Flips a nickel. <laughs> So yeah, and in the summer of 1930, he went to Europe to try to get a, a drug deal going on there. There were not very many specifics on this, so I wasn't exactly sure how it was supposed to happen. He took almost $200,000. As far as I'm aware, that was in 1930 money. That would be $5.1 million in 2019. Uh, just a little spending cash. Just a, just a, just a couple bucks. Just in case I want to buy Switzerland. From, from Salvatore Spitali and Irving Bits, who... Two years later, um, Charles Lindbergh would try to get them to help him get his baby back. Mm. So they, you know, they they were pretty big up there. Now, now the ship that Legs boarded in late August of 1930 was called the Belgenland. Mm-hmm. This ship had a fascinating history. Really? Yes. So the Belgenland was built in 1914 as a freighter and a World War One troop ship. In 1921, it was actually part of the Red Star Line and was considered its most luxurious ship. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was this was something else. 1924, there was a 133-day cruise advertised as the largest ship to ever circle the globe. And the sister ship was the Justica, but that was torpedoed by German U-boats off the British Isles in 1918. There was an amazing history wow. you know, going on just underneath his feet that most people, I'm sure, were not aware of. It was an amazing ship. You really just dove into that rabbit hole, didn't you? I, I found it interesting. Don't it worry, was... I dove into a couple myself. Right on. <laughs> Can't we, resist a rabbit hole. We found baby bunnies. <laughs> we found baby bunnies. No. They're so cute. So the New York police, they found out that legs was going over to Europe and so they were like you know hopped on the horn and t- I don't know why I don't know why they found out because he what are you going over to Europe for legs uh, I'm going to Vichy Vichy France for the mineral waters for my health I need the, I need the cures see I need the cures that was his actual <laughs> yeah. thing yeah why are you going I need water <laughs> I mean it was a thing like you know that they would do different cures and sometimes frequently involving water uh, in the Hans Schmidt, the cold water therapy. Hell, our first episode, H.H. Holmes was bottling up spring water from a busted pipe underneath of his house. Yeah, exactly. So water was was much more magical than we thought it was, apparently. We need to start that again. (laughs) So, yes. False cures. Stupid FDA. (laughs) God damn it. Stopping us from selling our Mineral well, I oil guess, cure. I guess they still do that. 
because there's some guy on the internet right now trying to say that he can cure AIDS by writing the Lord's Prayer on a piece of paper and soaking it in water. Isn't that very hexy? Yeah, it is. Hex Halloween? Yeah, absolutely. There's a guy, this is much worse, there's a guy wandering around telling people that they can cure things with bleach! Oh, yes, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what he's curing. Um, I'd say... I feel I'd like say, it's autism and cancer. <laughs> I'd say a sufficient amount of bleach will just about end your problems yeah, for everything. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely appalling that anybody is doing this, and I, it just it infuriates me in a weird way. So, yeah, the New York police find out, and uh, the, they tell Scotland Yard, well, apparently there's some loose lips at Scotland Yard because the British press finds out. They give... Good old legs, their own nickname. They call him Cunning Jackie. Ooh. I love it. It's very British. I like that. And so Scotland Yard, the boat comes to England, and uh, Scotland, Scotland Yard is like, nah, no, you're not, you're not stepping foot here. He's like, well, I wasn't going to get off here anyways, so I'm going off to Europe. So he gets to Antwerp. And they tell him in England, you are in Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it, man. That's not nice. Although soon... Not. Nah, yeah. Brexit. <laughs> if we have any TV producers out here, I've written a script about California leaving the United States. Give me a call. That sounds fantastic. I swear to God, I've got like ten ep- eight or ten episodes written. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh so just a little side note here. It's uh it's called Cal Exit. <laughs> and it's about a guy that visits the guys from Mountain View, California, where Google is. Mm-hmm. He visits a friend in Johnstown, and while he's in Johnstown, Cal- California leaves the leaves the United States, and he's trapped. Oh my gosh! So in some sort of weird citizenship limbo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. Yes, and it is horrible. And it is extremely offensive, and I will not let Christy read it. <laughs> okay. Because it's that offensive. All right. Yeah. So he gets to Antwerp, and the police there have been notified. And they're like, okay, just pick a country we border, and we'll send you there. And you can be somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. And so he says, all right, Germany. I'm going to go to Germany. So. He goes to, let me try to say this, uh, Aix-la-Chapelle. In Germany. Sure. That sounds right. The German Secret Service arrest him. Jesus. And one source said that he couldn't get uh, passage on a steamship, you know, the, on, a, on a passenger liner. There weren't any, any tickets left. So he was forced to hop on a freighter, and that freighter was carrying 5,000 canaries. That's awesome. Sing, canary, sing, see? <laughs> <laughs> So he And that was Brefois, I should say, because it was, was the source. Okay. Brefois.com. Ooh. Maybe I'm saying it wrong and it's supposed to be Americanized like Brefit. Brefrois. I like that I too. But it'll be in the sources in the show notes, so. He arrives in Philly September 23rd, 1930, and is immediately rested, and I like to think it was Walter Dew. <laughs> because yes, that feels feels very Dewish. It does. I design Dew of the Yard! And he came back with nothing. I don't know where that 200K went, but it did not return to America. And so they take him to a judge after he's arrested, and the judge says, all right, if you will get the hell out of my town in one hour and then not be my problem anymore, you see how everybody's passing the problem Mm -hmm. along. (laughs) He's been passed from Scotland Yard to Antwerp to Germany and now Philly. He says, if you'll just, you know, skedaddle the hell out, 
I won't charge you with anything. You are a legal nomad. Not that I know, like, I don't know necessarily what they could charge him with. I'm sure they'd find something. They'd find something, but it might take some digging. They might have been feeling a little lazy. Like you, like if he stands still for more than three minutes, hit him with a vagrancy charge. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'd figure something out. Yeah. I don't think legs could keep from, from... Causing problems for that long, quite no, honestly. He, he, he loved to crime. Yeah. He, he, I love to crime. I love to crime. So then, 1930, just a couple months later, October 11th, this was told a couple different ways in a couple different sources. This is the one that I'm going with. Okay. He's at a hotel. Uh, he's in Kiki's room. The phone rings. And they say, you know, we got two guys down here for you. And he says, well, you know, tell them to come on up. And he says, Kiki, you know, like, I'm going to go and uh, to my room. I don't know why they had separate rooms. Maybe uh, just well, he's for appearances sake. a good Christian sake. boy. <laughs> oh, obviously. As Legs Diamond is a good Christian boy. Goes to church every Sunday. I bet he does. <laughs> and I uh, mean, that's how I, that's how I would get rid of counterfeit money by putting in the collection plate at church. I mean, yeah. I mean that's a, it's a it's a good method. Yeah. yeah. Donation bins or boxes everywhere. I bet I would be willing to put down money that legs was no stranger to the inside of a church. Sure. I mean, born you know from Irish immigrants. Yeah. I'm I'm you know, at the very least until his mother died, it seemed like his father wasn't around much. But yeah, at least when he was a kid, you know, like Irish. Not that all Irish people have to be Catholics, but a lot of them. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, he says, you know, I'm going to head over to, to my room. And she, you know, Kiki hops in the bath and she just hears a bunch of popping sounds. It's then, champagne, everyone. Yeah. Wee, we're going to celebrate. And yeah. With I, blood. I, I, I saw some, some footage of Kiki. We're going to put it up on the, uh, on the Facebook page. Kiki didn't seem to have a lot of brains. No, no, she was not very bright. Yeah, I imagine that she hears five popping sounds and, like, uh, some screaming. She just imagines the, yeah. Oh, Legs got me champagne. <laughs> I can't wait for the bubbles. Legs, where are you? Legs. Just wait, that's actually a really good impression. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he shows up in the bathroom with one bullet in the forehead and three in the torso. Fuck! And then he died. Wait. No. No, not legs. We should have done that for every single time he got shot. What were we thinking? <laughs> so he's in the hospital. Remember, this is October. He's in the hospital right. until New Year's Eve. Right. And he he drinks before he gets help. He goes, I can't deal with this sober and drinks two shots of whiskey. Hell yeah. You've yeah. been shot four freaking times. So yeah, after the after the hospital, um, when he's after he's recuperated. He goes down to the Catskills and he's really trying to get a stranglehold on the bootlegging operations going on in that area. You know, he knows this is a good source. And and one thing they do is, you know, you, you know your guys who are, who are transporting your wares. And if you see somebody who's tr- not, who's transporting wares, then you know they're not your wares. And so you try to make them feel unwelcome mm-hmm. at the very least. Or you kidnap and torture them which is what he did on April 15th to uh, Grover Parks, a man who, along with another man, was transporting cider and didn't have Diamond's blessing. So uh, he does get arrested for this, and he makes bail, and then a few days later... Does it again. He's shot again. Yeah. And then he died. No. Nope. 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 
Nope, he was shot three times. For those of you keeping count at home, this is number four. This is his fourth time being shot. Am I right about that? Yeah, this is fourth. Fourth or fifth? Fourth or fifth. Yeah, Yeah. fourth or fifth, because they have... uh, They all blur together. Yeah, (laughs) really, really. And it's like, who's counting at this point? Yeah, uh, yeah, really. They're just right at this point. If if he's not dead, he's just using the holes as like a place to keep his pencil. Honestly, his his torso must have looked like you know one of those target practice things from somebody with a real hard time with anger management. <laughs> I have <laughs> like, one gunshot wound. It like that's been like fifteen years, more than fifteen years. I yeah, way more than fifteen years. I still got like a pretty decent scar from it. Yeah, and these were all within the same like short span of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can't imagine what this guy must have looked like naked. Yeah. Wait, yeah. let me try. <laughs> Go for it. Oh yeah, yeah. Scott looks happy. Oh look at those legs. He's naked <laughs> legs for. Oh, God, look at him go all the way up and just make a total ass of themselves. <laughs> 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 oh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, he shot three times, and uh, okay, I'm gonna try my gangster voice, and if okay. it sounds stupid, I'm gonna have Scott edit it out and have Scott do it. The bullet hasn't been made that can kill me. See? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> it was okay. That was okay. Yeah, that that's, was pretty good. That was what he liked to say, and, and at this point, it was really freaking true. Yeah. You could not, and uh, they called him the clay pigeon of the underworld. <laughs> I'm going to let you have, uh, when Dutch Schultz, who was an, an, a nemesis of, of Diamond, I'm going to let you say Dutch Schultz's quote in, okay. in, in your gangster voice, which I, will far surpass see, mine. I, I can I, I'm point to you. Like, I'm thinking, you. like, Dutch isn't going to sound like this. Yeah, I but, think Dutch is going to, hey, this is, this is Dutch down here. But his name, I don't, I don't know if his name is Dutch because he's Dutch. I'm not, I'm not thinking he's Dutch. I'm thinking he's kind of like old and grizzled and he's down here. But I mean, if you want me up here. Do it, do it in your gangster voice. I'll do it yeah. in my gangster voice. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. <clears throat> Excuse me. That voice really brings the phlegm up from the lungs. <laughs> if you have a cold, try it. Mm-hmm. Clears you out. Do you have the quote? Because I don't have the quote. Yes, I do. Right here. Okay. Where my thumb is. So it is, uh, ain't there nobody that can shoot this guy so he don't bounce back? <laughs> Yes, that See? was excellent. <laughs> there it is. So, yeah, this is, he's he's getting a, a reputation for, you know, he's already got the reputation for either the dancing or the escapes from the law. Uh, he's got the reputation for, you know, just, just being a, a gangster in general and being one of the top guys. And now he's getting a re- reputation for being the guy you can't kill. Mm-hmm. Which, you know what that brings? That brings people who really want to kill you because if you tell somebody that they can't do something, they will do it. Yes. Look at Everest. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are... can't climb Mount Everest. What are you talking There's about? There's a waiting line now to know, get to the right? top. It's like absurd. it's a fucking Walmart cash line. Like it's, it's a, like it's a ride at Disney World. Yeah. 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 Except with bodies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bodies just littering the way and tons and tons of human feces. Mm. Yeah. So, which, if you haven't... Oh, God, now I'm going to forget the name of the book. Um, there's a book about climbing Everest that I really liked. It's uh, by John Krakauer. Okay. And I, all I can think of is Under the Banner of Heaven, which is his book about the Mormons, which if you're interested in that, that is very interesting. It's uh, Yeah, it's called Into Thin Air. And it I read it in the summer, and I swear to God, it was like having air conditioning. Really? I was cold the entire time. The only other time I've had a book physically affect me like that 
was when I read uh, The Naked and the Dead. And no book will give you a sense of physical exhaustion like that one will. And also your family will make a lot of fun of you because they don't understand the, the title's meaning. So <laughs> they were like, oh, what are you reading? Is that porn? I what kind of, what do you think I'm into here? The naked and the dead? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Look at her. She's a stinky one. <laughs> the, the last book I read about Everest, I cannot remember the name of it. But it was about a phenomena that happens at Everest. But it also happens in times where people are in extreme survival mode. And it's called the third man phenomenon. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's essentially, as you're going along, you start to get the feeling that there's somebody there with you. Mm. And like you, like people have been known to have conversations with this mysterious entity. That's crazy. And at the time, they are they are completely convinced uh, that that something is going on. And there was a story about a man climbing Everest, and he's he's talking to this other climber that's climbing beside of him, and he's in a group, and people have face shields up. And he's not even looking at this guy, but he's hearing the back and forth conversation. And then the guy goes, hey, you need to turn your oxygen on. You forgot to turn your oxygen on. And that's why you're having such a hard time keeping up with everybody. And he reaches back and sure enough, like the valve to his oxygen is off. And he turns it on and he walks for like about 100 feet, 150. He's feeling better. He goes to thank the guy. It was all in his head. Well, it would make sense if you're losing... If you don't yeah. have enough oxygen, you would have hallucinations. But yeah. for the hallucination, be smart enough to tell you what you need to do is a exactly. big surprise. And there's been there's been cases like that. There was a woman a couple of years ago. We are so tangenty today. We are very <laughs> tangenty today, but that's okay. There was a woman a couple years ago who started to hear voices in her head. And the voices were saying, yeah, we're part of a medical group. Um, you need to get to the hospital because you have a brain tumor. And she got to the hospital, and yes, she had a brain tumor. And then the voices go, we'd like you to get surgery at this other hospital, but you really need it now, so we're going to take a chance and get your surgery at this hospital. She has the surgery. She comes out. She's fine. And then the voices come back one more time and go, it's been a pleasure for us to help you. We hope you have a great life. And then she never (laughs) heard them again. That is so messed up. Yeah. All right. Back to it. Back, Back to, to the it. legs. Sorry legs. about that. The voices aren't going to help legs here. No, the voices bit. are not going to help legs. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt, who we mentioned last week, mm-hmm. he was the governor of New York at the time. And he really was determined to put the hammer down on Diamond. He wanted him kaput. And so this charge of kidnapping, this is, this is his big chance. So he's got the state working hard on that. And then the feds are also working, just in case they don't manage to get him with the kidnapping charge, they're working on bootlegging charges. So he's got a double whammy, the state and then the federal government, ready to come down on him. He's, he's, in, he's in deep shit at this point. So they have the trial uh, in Albany for the kidnapping and torture of Grover Parks, the truck driver, in uh, December of 1931. And there, the people are just swarming, swarming the courthouse in droves. And, you know, they, they pack the courthouse and then they're all hanging around outside, you know, those who couldn't fit inside. And when Diamond is acquitted, there's a big cheer. It's like something from a damn movie. It's so weird. 
And I got this wonderful quote from an article in the, I think it's the Albany Times Union. I know it's the Times Union. Um, this is actually from the grandson of the co-counsel on this particular case, whose uh, name was Jones. It was like Almonder, Emonder, Edmund or something like that. Um, sorry for the unclear information. I swear, I actually specifically looked for it. Mr. So I Jones, it I mean, how many of them can there be? I know, right? It's such a, such a rare name. So he, uh, Legs gets acquitted. So he dips down into his suit pocket for his big wad of cash because he's, you know, his, his lawyer's sitting right next to him. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll pay your, your legal bill. It's, it's about 30 grand. He's like, I'll pay you this now. And Jones is like, no, no. This is a quote. No, go out and celebrate tonight and we'll settle up at the office tomorrow. Always take the money right away. Well, there was a new policy that came into place after this uh... incident. So they go, um, you know, Diamond and his friends and Alice, his wife, uh, they go to a speakeasy to celebrate. And around 12.45 or 1 a.m., uh, he leaves to go meet someone. You know, he's, he's I got to go see a man about a horse, but really he's got to go see a lady about a vagina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he goes to meet Kiki, spends some time with her, and then he goes back to the boarding house where he and Alice are staying around 4.30 a.m. He has his driver come and pick him up because he's drunk as hell. So the driver helps him up to the room and then leaves to go back to the speakeasy. And there's a couple of men hanging around outside just waiting for their chance. And here it is. So they go in. One of them holds him down. The other one, bam, bam, bam. Three times to the back of the melon. With a 38. Mm-hmm. And so fifth or sixth time is the charm, I guess. I guess so. This one got him. This one got him, yeah. But that, no, no, it got him. <laughs> yeah. It, did, it really did this time. He just, like... At the gravesite, like it's it, like the ground starts to shake, and all of a sudden, like legs pops on, goes Happy Easter. It's like the ending of Carrie, yeah, slightly different. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, the law firm hears the news the next day, and they send a messenger out or somebody to go pick up the the thirty thousand dollars. And uh, a quote from Jones's uh, the, the 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 lawyer himself. Um, he's, his new policy that he passed on through his family in a criminal defense case, always get the money up front. Mm -hmm. And that is, yes, yes. And he specifies in a criminal defense case. So <laughs> otherwise there's no fee unless we get money for you. That's right. So, uh, yeah, he's buried with no service. And then I saw it was weird. It, it, well, you know, sources very wildly. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw only his wife went to the graveside, and then I also saw two hundred people came. I, I which, saw the two hundred. There's a big difference between those two things. People, there's a hundred and ninety nine people difference. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a thing that only only his wife was there. And then just outside, a huge crowd of people. Yeah. I could see that being a thing. There were also rumors that somehow a, a, a newspaper was involved. And they bribed somebody to be able to cover, you know, get get the, the exclusive coverage. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, there are some likely candidates Yeah, we have several here. It's interesting. So we're thinking relatives of Irish Amer American gangster uh, Red Cassidy. Because apparently Red and Legs had some beef. 
he had beef with everybody. Yeah. I'm pretty sure every single person in the entire state of New York, probably a couple people in Canada, one or two people in Europe, all were possibles. Yeah. But we can narrow it down. There's also, of course, good old Dutch Schultz, mm-hmm. who we will be doing an episode oh, on. Absolutely. Because did you read any on him? Uh-huh. That's some incredible stuff. That's some incredible stuff that I was like, I was just like, well, going into the Google Drive, adding them to the list. <laughs> Local thugs, the Oli brothers. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, the Albany Police Department. This is the one that I kind of tend to believe. It really, it almost seems like we have a freaking confession. Yeah. Yeah. Um, William Kennedy, an author, wrote the nonfiction book, Oh, Albany, and also uh, a couple of novels, one called Legs. Um, what was? What do you think that was about? Uh, probably walking. I think it was about Arms Tourmaline. Oh. <laughs> Famous gangster Arms Tourmaline. Testicles Topaz. And another one called Roscoe. And that one was about Legs Diamond, I heard. <laughs> he really, he, he had an interview with the head of the Democratic Party chairman in the region, I think it was the region or maybe the state, Dan O'Connell. When he pretty much in an interview in 1974, he pretty much admitted to it. Yeah, I had him done in. Yeah, uh, he pretty much said, he said, hey, I had uh, I had Fitzpatrick do it. William Fitzpatrick, who at the time was a police sergeant, but guess what? You do a little of the extra dirty work, you kill the guy that nobody can kill. You become chief of police. Yes, you do, for a very brief period of time. Well, yeah, Fitzpatrick was killed in his own office. By another policeman. Yeah, you don't see that too often. Yeah, and John McElvany... Bullet to the head. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, like, there, the rumor was that, uh, that, like, McElvany was upset that he didn't quite get, he was, McElvany was supposedly the other man. Mm-hmm. And he didn't quite get as much as Fitzpatrick did. The official explanation is that they were arguing over payment for dental work to correct injuries that McElvany had after being struck by Fitzpatrick. Um, McElvany was Fitzpatrick's bodyguard and longtime friend. Kind of weird that he blew him away right in the police station. Over a dental bill. Over a dental bill. Uh, McElvany is given 20 years, released 1957, doesn't really say anything after that. Hmm. It's a weird story. That is. There's one more theory, um... This is an, uh, also from an article on Aussie. Patrick Downey, the author of... Uh, the, the Dutch Schultz theory is, hey, he committed suicide, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Shot himself three times in the head, you know? It yeah, happens, it happens. Held himself down. <laughs> so he, uh, he wrote the book Legs Diamond Gangster, and his theory is that it's related to the 200K that he failed to come back from Europe with. Mm. And so, uh, you know, uh, Spitali and Bits had... Had him knocked off, you know, with had just sent some gunmen his way. So lots of different theories, and but yeah, I'm I'm feeling like practically a confession that ends up in a nonfiction book. Yeah, is pretty noteworthy. Although here's the thing, here's yeah, the thing. For me, Fitzpatrick. I'm sorry, I just kicked I just again. kicked uh, kicked Christy right in the foot. We do this almost every week. Yeah. Like every three weeks, we forget that we both have feet and yeah. not a lot of space. Which is weird. We're doing a show about legs. You yeah, think we... we'd remember? I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> My back hurts. I was leaning away. We're going to get chairs here pretty soon. Yes, we are. But Fitzpatrick was no longer alive to give his side of the story once this book was written. So that kind of... It muddies the waters a little bit. And then you also have the fact that it's, it's 30, no, 40 years after the fact. 
So probably any statute of limitations, if there was one, might have run out. I don't know what the laws were back there, and I'm not going to do... I'm, you, I don't know. I don't think there's a statute of limitations on murder. Mm, sometimes there is. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's possible. I'm not going to dig into the laws of the 1930s through 1970s in, in a particular state to figure it out. See, the, the reason I'm saying no statute of limitations, I think the only the only way the statute of limitations on murder works is if you are discovered as the murderer and then nothing is done about it. Then I think there's five years. But as okay. long as the case is open and you're not named as the murderer, it's only until after you're named as the murderer. I'm just curious because otherwise like the like in modern days the uh the golden state killer would have probably gotten away with everything that he's done i mean that's true but we're also talking modern days Mm -hmm. uh this was several years ago and so this would have been in new york state what is this written in oral oh that's contracts (laughs) that's not helpful new york no statute of limitations for class a felonies murder or rape other felonies one to five years okay so murder all right but like accessory to murder or like what is it called if you have somebody else kill someone what exactly is that charge is it a man is that, i don't think it would manslaughter because manslaughter tends to be like almost i like, think i think that is accomplice accomplice yeah it really and, and that's modern we're talking many years ago so i'm not a lawyer because i have a soul like so. i think that statute of limitations probably in many places came into effect after they first needed it. Right. After they first had somebody come around after 40 years and say, oh yeah, I had somebody bump that guy off. And they were like, what? But, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm backwards, thinking backwards about that. I might be thinking backwards about that. Yeah. Honestly, it's legs. People are just like, you, you could have probably went, yeah, I killed him. And everyone um, went, thank God. I think what I'm thinking is they had a statute of limitations for murder. And then finally they realized, no, this is stupid mm-hmm. because now, especially when people started living longer. Like prostitution. <laughs> it's stupid that prostitution is legal. So let's look at the aftermath for the two, you know, two main squeezes of our gangster man here. Well, poor Alice. Alice didn't deserve this. No, she really didn't. She was very devoted yeah. to legs. I mean, she was like, he can go out and have whoever he wants. I have him at home and that's fine. I believe she had a picture of him up on her mantle, like and this was, I think before he died, and it was just like had an inscription at the bottom, "My hero." Aww. She really was all about him. She was the only person that loved him. Yeah, and so she went. She she went back to New York City. She had a little sideshow thing kind of going on, you know. I guess like wife of of legs, mm-hmm. and it didn't last very long. She did try to start a small business, but she was kind of you know she wasn't doing as well financially, obviously, as she had when when she was a gangster's wife right uh and uh, on july 1st 1933 she's shot in the left temple in her own home speculation was that it was to keep her quiet about legs businesses dealings or another possibility raised was that there was a local you know like a neighborhood killing that had happened and she knew a little bit about it and somebody was afraid she was going to tell there's also some speculation about suicide but that doesn't explain the three cups of coffee sitting on the table, mm-hmm. which basically is like, yeah, she had them as a guest, you yeah. know, that's, that's so sad. So tell me what happened to Kiki. Let's talk about Kiki. Oh, let's. 
Um, you ever you ever see a woman and you're going like, wow, that woman is incredibly attractive, and I'd like to get to know her, and just God, what would it be like to be with a woman like that? And then she opens her mouth, and you go, God, shut the fuck up. That's Kiki. Kiki is she's not a bright girl. I'm sure she had many talents. The woman was dumber than a bag of hammers. Yes. As my mom once said, she was dumber than a box of rocks on the side of the road. Oh, man. Why she felt the need to add on the side of the road, I will still never know, but we still repeat that phrase, and it's many years later. Jack Snell will just be like, I'm dumber than a box of rocks you'd find on the side of the road. No, it's just a box of rocks, Mom. box of rocks. No, let's keep on the side of the road. I like that. It does It does kind of have a rhythm to it. I, it's the picture. It's like a box of rocks. Okay, maybe. But then the side of the road. Why? Why is this here? Who who did this? Come on, It's the side of the road. You can just have the rocks. Yeah, you don't need them to be in a box. There's no organizational need. There's no packing need. They're rocks. It's It's gonna rain and the box is gonna (laughs) fall apart. So, so yeah. She did, and we will put this on the page because I was just... Oh... I keep on trying to come up with a word for just how flabbergasted I was, and I think gaggle swamped is the best I can do because, and that is my new word that I've just made up. I was gaggle swamped, you guys. I would suggest that other girls in, in my position don't do what I did. Did you hear that pause? That was while she was waiting for the guy to lift the cue card and move on to the next one. I'm it's, amazed she could read. It's very obvious that she's reading off cue cards. It's so scripted. It's so rehearsed. It's so an, an attempt to, to get her reputation to be a little shinier, a little cleaner after spending a lot of time with a mob mm-hmm. boss. And at the very end, she's, by the way, she's giving this interview with her mother who is known that did not really approve of the relationship with Legs. And so they finish. And keep in mind, it was December 18th when he died. And in the interview, uh, the interviewer then turns to ask the, the Kiki's mother how she felt about this whole situation. And she's like, oh, I'm just so glad. And she honestly, she honestly seems unscripted she seems unscripted yeah yeah and she and she sits up real straight she'd been kind of slouching before she sits up real straight straight and she's got a big smile on her face she's like i prayed so hard that we'd have my baby back for christmas and i'm like christmas it's barely been a week yeah holy shit she's doing interviews and oh my gosh she was quick so so yeah and so she she says how happy she is to have her daughter back and you know Kiki says how she's gonna you know be a good girl now and everything and and then she turns to Give her mom a big old sloppy makeout session. I swear. And then it cuts off. It cuts off because, With like, good reason. Because it was about to turn into some horrifying porn. I mean, it looked like the hand was just about ready to go up the blouse. It was scary, you guys. Like, I'm serious. I, I, I got to the end of it. Like, I'm watching this video and I'm like, wow. Oh, she's, she's like, not she's that bright. She, she's playing not tonsil hockey yeah. with her mom. Well, no, as I'm watching along, I'm like, she's not that good of an actress. That's This is a little hard to watch as far as, like, the cringe factor is concerned. And I get you know gets to the very end of the last like second and a half and I'm like what the what did I just what did I what just happened full on uh, makeout okay guys this is it's it's creepy and horrifying but we're putting it on the Facebook page because it's a sight to behold it's it's, it's a oh fucking car accident you have to see it to believe it and we'll put it on the Twitter as well you are going to watch these last two seconds like three times and then you're gonna like really go and take it at seven showers and well a certain <laughs> section of our listenership I'm sure will uh, the old whitewater wristing <laughs> did you need to take it there did you really <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I you, did you always do 
Yes. I actually have. That's why you wanted me on this show. <laughs> to take it to places that you didn't want to go. <laughs> then why don't if I don't want to go there, then why do I want you to go there? I'm I'm the hired hand. You make I'm me go the, there exactly by going I'm, there yourself. I'm the thug. I say the things Christy doesn't want to say, but Christy is thinking. I was not thinking that. Uh, then I actually have a comment on my my little outline here. Uh, I swear to God, they look like they're making out at the end. WTF? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know when I editorialize in my notes that it's bad. She did try. Kiki did try to get she tried to get into the picture, see? I'm not surprised. And of course she did. I knew that was gonna be her move. But Will Hayes, uh, famous for being a postmaster general and uh, the you know Hayes Code is named after him. The basically you know, the, the censorship in, in film. You've heard of the Hayes Code, mm-hmm. right? You know, how, they, how the things that were allowed to be seen on screen and that weren't be allowed, allowed to be seen on screen. Apparently, t- swap and spit with your mom. Not not one of them, yeah. And also, he just thought that she, all the time she spent around Diamond, that was what she was known for. Her reputation was just too tarnished. She was, she was unclean. Filthy. Filthy, filthy woman. Not really. I mean, she, she was fine. She was just a woman, you know, doing what she was doing. She did get married in 1935. Oh, good for her. And then divorced in 1937. Aww. <laughs> you know, that was a roller coaster, wasn't it? Last known uh, sighting of her was Boston in the 1940s. So um, no one knows where she is? This is according to the Morning Call. She, uh, she was doing shows as Jack Legs Diamond's Lovely Light of Love. And that's the last time we saw her. No, nobody knows where she went after that. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, she could have just gone on to live a quiet life as a housewife. She could have died on the side of the road like a box of rocks. We'll never know. I didn't mean... I'm not laughing about her dying. I'm, I'm laughing about the box of rocks on the side of the road. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, that's all I have. Yeah, yeah. This is... Uh... Legs is kind of an interesting character. He's, he's really fascinating. He, he's, he's a hard-nosed dude. Hard to kill. Hard to kill, uh, but flamboyant and loved the crowds, loved the attention, which really did not work in his benefit. You know, if people always know where you are, they can easily find you and kill you. Yeah. Or at least try, <laughs> yeah. as many did. Now, next week, we're, we are going to have a show about a guy who is incredibly hard to find. Oh, my gosh, this guy. I'm trying to remember what we're doing next week. This, uh, let me let me write this down here. I have it. I have it highlighted in purple on the list. We are going to do the guy. This guy has his own toy. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. That's we're not, right. We're not going to give you the the title of what it is, but this guy has his own toy, and this is one of those one of those characters that could have been a real guy. But it almost borders on the supernatural. Scott's favorite. If you oh, have yes. any guesses, feel free to put them up on our social media, on our Twitter or our Facebook. Where Reddit. We are Reddit. Also on the Reddit that we always forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are old-timey-crimey on all those places. You're, you're listening to the show. You, you know how to spell, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyhow just because I'm always like, maybe people can't find us. O-L-D-T-I-M-E-Y-C-R-I-M-E-Y. Uh, so that's where we are on all of those places. And so come to find a video of a, a woman talking awkwardly and from a, uh, clearly from a script and then making out with her mom. Come for the cringe, stay for the cringe. <laughs> yes. And don't forget our Amazon wish list too. I should have gotten that in sooner. Uh, it's on our social media and I will post it again this week because it's been a couple weeks. You can go pick out a book for us to do a deep dive. 
control our lives, be a god to us. Please, please don't make it about old, old AF. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm not, if, if there's a book about him on the list, I am taking it off. Do it. I'm done with him. All right, so yeah, yeah, that has been our show for the week. We really appreciate you listening. We hope you had as good a time uh, hanging out with the good old Legs Diamond, see? Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I'm almost kind of getting it, it's not great, but I'm almost kind of getting it. I want to do it all the time. Do it, do it. This has been Old Tiny Crummy, see? Remember, whenever you're kissing your mom, a little peck on the cheek will do. Yes, yes. That's one area where you really don't need to go over. Mm-hmm. Have a good week, everyone. See ya. Um, with Snuggle. <laughs> he would snuggle. Aww. He snuggled the whiskey. He just loved it so much. He would snuggle Wuggle with the whiskey. He likes key. He likes it so cute with he's his He's adorable. Whiskey. Oh, he's like a little... Oh, he's falling asleep. He's falling asleep. Look, the eyes are closing. The eyes are oh closing. My God. Oh, oh, Legs? <laughs> he smuggled. Legs. Oh, don't, don't cry, Legs. Legs, don't cry. Come on, Legs. It's How? okay. It's okay. Come, Mom, Mama's it, here. I got another bottle. <laughs> Tell us how old you are. Tell oh, he's six. Did you see? He's six. You want the Jack Daniels? It has the same name you used to. Oh, do- Put down the gun. Put down the gun. <laughs> okay. okay, let me edit that out. <laughs>